All right, and welcome everybody to episode six now of the Chilled Esports podcast. Man, we're getting along. I am your host here, Eugene Caffin, and alongside me, I have my good friends once again, Joseph Ray. Joey, how you doing? That's me. I'm doing pretty fine, Eugene. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm always doing well. I'm always doing well, you know that. And we are joined again as well by our other good friend, Christian. Christian, how are you doing? Good, mate. Yourself? Man, you know it. Always good. Always good. It's, good been, a, it's been a good blizzard week. There have been a, a lot of things going on. There have been a lot of things going on, uh, especially, but not so much in Heroes, but more in the other uh, games. Yeah, yeah. So Definitely in Overwatch. Yes, I, yeah. I agree with that as well. And Hearthstone has been banging this past, uh, this past weekend weekend as well. So many things announced, so many things changing. I just, I can't wait. I can't wait. Let's just get into it. Um, so my uh, week in Blizzard, let's, let's just have a talk about this. Jam-packed, actually. Um, work was a bit kinder to me this week, so I was able to um, to get some more Blizzard things going. Um, and I think it was on Monday I was able to do my Overwatch placements. I sat down oh, nice. and I grinded it and I did it again, even though I was assured that I wouldn't have to. Um, <laughs> so I did it uh, <laughs> and I got placed relatively similar to where I was before. Um, I got placed at 1533, which is on the bottom rung of silver, but um, but still in the silver ranking. Uh, importantly, it's within a thousand of everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, that means you're no longer too good to play with me. <laughs> and you can finally carry me out of the elo hell that I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I might need some help. I might need some help with Christian for that, but... Um, you know, together. I don't think anyone could. Together, we can carry. We can do it. Yep. The, All right. The backpack's um, too I'm heavy. I'm just warning you guys. I'm just warning you guys that uh, my elo is so low. They're talking about renaming it to copper. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing, a couple of things from my placement games uh, is that I ended up playing a lot of tanks again this time. In particular, Winston was one of my go-to's. It just seems that. Um, even though it, you know I, we're all getting into the game at the same time, that everyone's just insta locking all of the uh, damage dealers first, which I like. You know, it's not really a surprise, but it just meant that I had a very, very interesting experience playing tanks. Uh, in particular, as well, I got to play a bit of Roadhog because um, we ran into some Bastion Cheese at one point, so I had to switch over to uh, to deal with that. Yeah, cool. I had um, how how are you finding the Roadhog and Elio? Say, uh, are you doing the cheese? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have done that a couple of times. <laughs> it was it's pretty cheese tastic, you know. Like, yeah, it was extra sharp, you know. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a good vintage old Australian even? cheddar. What's that? Sorry, was it vintage even? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, vintage. Uh, you know, extra sharp, extra bitey. All you know, the full Love cheese. Yep. Yep. Um, something else as well is my very last placement game. I was down in dumps on it actually because I was playing support and I was on the Zenny and I was like doing the Zenyatta thing, sending balls everywhere. Yep. Um, but we just got completely stomped by this team, and it looked like these guys were just smurfing out of their asses. You know, there was there was a, a tracer Genji that was just like fucking doing immaculate plays, and everyone else on the team was kind of lackluster. So it just seemed like there were these mega smurfs on the enemy team. So we were on yeah. um, 
Ooh, I forget which one now, but it was a capture the point followed by escort. So three, three point. Oh, uh, like uh, King's Row. Yeah, King's, King's Row? Row. Yeah, it was King's Row. King's Row, and we got stomped in like th with three minutes remaining or something. Like they just captured the point <sighs> with three minutes remaining, and then it was our turn to attack. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm just getting dove like all day. I'm just like gonna switch up to Lucio. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I switch up to Lucio. And guess what? What happened? I was Did just, you break it down? I was just, oh man, I broke it down like so many fucking times. I, <laughs> I was just this unkillable cancerous dude, you know, just going around yep. fucking yep. up their day. Yeah, sounds like, like a, a typical Lucio. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but the thing was, is that um, what I realized was that even though individually these players were good, their focus fire was actually just absolutely shite. So um, being able to heal everybody all at the same time, as well as have the focus on me, this like Lucio that was running around and wall riding, being like a dick, um, it basically just fucked their entire game plan. And we beasted them and actually did it faster than them um, in the first Wow, opening. that's amazing. Yep. So that's impressive. Then what so happened was... So could you tell was, me... So what 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 do you feel the game plan was such that like Zenyatta was a bad pick but Lucio was a good pick like okay so um, they do were you doing... think there was a, a general strategy they're having or... yeah there was a general strategy it's called the Overwatch League strategy yeah meaning the uh, the Tracer Genji go in and fuck everyone up <laughs> um, I, I one think by um, one. I think what they were doing was they were just going for the low hanging fruit so they they saw a Zenyatta which is you know he's he's got a big hit box. Move slowly, no defense really, easy target for flankers. Um, and then when you've mixed that up, you know, they're used to just fighting against those easy targets and sort mm. of, you know, yeah, able to do anything. That's exactly what happened, man. I turned from being like the sitting duck to this guy that just couldn't die and was healing everybody and just fucking their entire day. So the story's not done. We beast them, right? And then it's their turn to attack. Yeah. Guess what happens? Oh, no, wait. It, um,. Yeah, so they attacked, then yep. we attacked. Um, we essentially um, had to had to hold them in place, right? Yeah, you have to hold them. Yep, uh, we prevent did them a, from capturing a point. Yep, we did a full hold. So, the, so they didn't get to the payload. Nope. God damn. Nice. Uh, what, uh, what was the what, was their team comp changed? Did anybody nope. change team? Did nope. anybody change heroes? Nobody changed any heroes. That's probably what did it. So that's actually their misplay, right? Because um, they just got stomped. Yeah, I think they did have. They, a, they I think they did pick a roadhog. I think they did pick a roadhog to try and to try and deal with me, but it didn't work. Does roadhog really count a Lucio though? No, no, not really. That, but that was <laughs> that was the change that they made. So I mean, whatever. Yeah, it's not a very good counter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, so I was just really happy with that game. Like, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it, it, it wasn't me. Like, my team also played a lot better, but I felt that I had a really large part in turning that game around. And, like, just... Mm. It, it, it was the sweetest victory that I've had in Overwatch. Definitely sounds like it, man. Sounds like you did, had a great game. Oh, yeah. It was really good. It was really Especially good. for a placement match game. Mm, yeah, it was my last one, too. And I'd just been losing, like, all fucking day. And I was just like, uh, time to get it done. And then, so, you know... So I did, and um, yeah, ended up with this like banger game. Speaking of banger games, 
I uh, played some games um, with you guys a couple of, uh, as well sometime last week, I think it was. And um, I just want to say, I randomly picked Alarak because it was a quest. Yep. But I had the craziest goddamn Alarak game ever. The stars aligned. And in the first, like, 30 seconds of the game, I had completed my, my level one quest. Amazing, right? Yeah. I think I remember like, that game, actually. That, like, that, like, never happened. No, no. So, like, it basically means that you need to get three heroes in the center of your lightning blast. And then you get the full effects and extra sadism for the rest of the game. And I just did mm -hmm. it. I just hit the right targets. And then it was just, bam. I was, like, doing sick damage. Was this on Temple? I yes, it was. Yeah, it was on Temple. Uh, it's not called Temples. It's called... Um, Sky Temple. It's called Sands? No, it's Sky called Temple. Sky Temple. It is called Temple. No, it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sky Temple. Yeah, so I, uh, I played that one, and, that, <laughs> and that, was, that was really good. I, uh, I had a really good time um, doing that game, and we ended up just like steamrolling them after that. I think it was a game that I played with you guys. Um, and yeah, it was, just, it was just all sorts of fun. Um, as well, I had a couple of goes at, mm -hmm. uh, at playing Genji, um, and he still seems really strong even after the the, the nerfs and the rework. Um, yeah, so I don't think he can nerf Genji. <laughs> I don't think it's possible. So, like, um, he, he literally his shurikens would have to do would have to do zero damage for him to be nerfed. I think, and it'd be like five percent nerf. Yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> I think it's more about the resets and the swift strike and all that other stuff. So. It if he's yeah. still going to get resets, then he's still going to be powerful. Yeah, in my opinion. Um, and I've also tried to yeah, play some Diablo the, um... very unsuccessfully. <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, like you, you're not landing the epochs that you want. Uh, I it's not that. It's just like general gameplay. I really wanted to like have a last hurrah with him. Um, before. Um, before the uh, change, before the upcoming changes, just to like, you know, get him while it would still mm -hmm. like I remember. But um, yeah, man, it just I just haven't been um, feeling it the last couple of games, so that's a bit of a downer. But I think um, I'm looking forward to the changes and looking forward to see how it play after that. Um, yeah, for sure. Mm. Are you looking forward to the rework? Like, do do, do you think overall it's going to be a good thing? Or um, I. I I do, I do think it's going to be a good thing. Um, I think he really needed a bit of a shakeup, uh, and yeah. we did talk about it a little bit last week um, about you know whether Garrosh is going to run rampant and all that other stuff. But I think it'll really be um, be an interesting an interesting thing for Diablo. Um, last thing uh, this week, I've been very busy. Is uh, I've been grinding the Hearthstone ladder a bit more. The Hearthstone? Yeah. So, so, so what, or what rank are you now? Uh, so I got to rank 18. 18! Nice, yeah, uh, except I uh, went back down to 19 pretty quickly afterwards. No, no, no. <laughs> I'd, uh, just, uh, just cut this bit out of the podcast, man. <laughs> rank 18, yeah! <laughs> uh, I... I played a lot of Even Shaman, um, and I just went on this yeah, crazy, crazy win streak with it. No one is prepared for it. Um, and then I basically said, I'm just going to play with this until I lose, and then I'm just going to like switch it up. And I finally lost. Even Shaman has the one mana, has the one mana totems, right? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So I, I played that and then I lost to an even paladin. It was the even battle and I just lost to it. So after that, it was the floodgates for everything <laughs> awesome. Um, so I uh, I played a Shadowwalk um, game. I'm just imagining, I'm just imagining like an army of totems versus an army of reporting for duties. Yeah. <laughs> just I just mean, wailing on each other. Totems versus paladins. <laughs> the, the difference is, is that not every totem is going to wail on a silver hand recruit. Or can get buffed easily. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. But it's just if you, if you imagine like an actual fantasy battleground where like, you know, Turalyon or whatever is, you know, on this big golden horse, he's like, we must fight the shaman. Go recruits. And they all like run down the hill. Raw! And they're just fighting sticks. Yep. That would be <laughs> funny. The enemy well, put a thousand totems on the field to yeah, fight. Yeah, well, they can like shoot fire and shit, so you know. I didn't say I, I didn't say it didn't make sense. Like, <laughs> those are some nasty fucking sticks. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I I played until I lost, and then I I I ended up losing one. So then I just like went a bit nuts and played some Shadowwalk, which I also yeah. lost. Um and uh, I also played around with um Tempo and Odd Rogue. I was watching a lot of HCT and because I couldn't play Quest Rogue because I don't have all the materials for it, um mm -hmm. I decided to play some other type of rogue that I thought would be fun. And um yeah, even though I've been losing, I've had some good wins with um with Tempo or Odd Rogue, and I'm thinking that I like Odd Rogue a bit more, but it's definitely very draw dependent. So rogue's not normally your forte. Has has the um has the recent odd even uh uh deck? Sorry, what do you call it? The block has the recent block been sort of warmed warmed you up to rogue or? Oh uh, yeah, a little. I dabbled a little bit in it because I like the whole idea of miracle. Basically, if I were to choose by myself, I would never choose the rogue class. But um, hmm. if I watch some good rogue games, uh, then. I tend to see the power behind them and because it's definitely like a very like execution based deck like you have to sequence properly and very well um so yep. uh, whenever i think about that doing it myself i'm just like oh no i have to like sequence things properly and like manage my bounce effects and all that other shit um but yeah yeah so but whenever i like watch people do it like all day and then i'm like oh yeah i can i can do this i can sequence things so that's what I, um, yeah. <laughs> so that's what I generally like to play it. Um, as well, I'm really excited for, sure. for the upcoming nerfs. I think, um, I think it will really shake up the meta, and they're going to be coming very, very soon, which we will talk about. Do you reckon it's going to get rid of key block? No, but <laughs> unfortunately, oh well. But. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, we decided cube was no. not strong enough. Not um, the type we wanted to be at the moment. We'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Anyway, sure. Joey, what's your uh, what's your week in heroes been like? So my week in heroes work wasn't as kind to me, so I only got to play on Friday, I believe. Um, but my week in heroes was basically me experimenting with uh, the Lost Vikings a bit. So mm. my most played champion is Lost Vikings. Like um, I was in a ranked game a while ago, and someone looks at my someone looks at my play history, and I'm like, "Do you really play Lost Vikings that much?" I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> yes, I am that crazy." <laughs> so the the pro 
So I, I thought I'd do an experiment because there's a there's a build loss of icons you can do where uh, basically you buff the Balog. Um, so for people who aren't as familiar, intimately familiar with TLV as I am, um, your three champions, uh, you've essentially got um, a miniature tank, a miniature assassin, and a miniature specialist. And but basically they all suck. And the general way that you win with them is you make them all slightly better at their job, like as the game goes on. So you give Olaf, a, you, you buff Olaf a bit to give him like a couple abilities. Uh, you make Balog heal himself so that, so that he doesn't die all the time, keeps his damage going. And you make Eric stealth or something like that. Mm. But there is a build where you can go, um, you can just buff Balog. And if you just buff Balog, what happens is he gets uh, bonus damage to uh, non-heroes. So that's really good for taking in waddles and bosses and whatever. Um, he gets uh, he heals himself. He has a massive attack speed steroid. At, like the more he attacks, it's sort of like Valor's hatred. The more he attacks, the faster he gets. Yeah, cool. Um, and he gets something else, but I forget what the sixteen. Um, Thing is in that, and you can take uh, play again to keep him alive. Uh, but basically, in order to, for this to work, you need to not take spin to win uh, your Q at level uh, six. Um, and spin to win is just too strong. Basically, I, I found that actually, even if even though Balog is now a boost of a man, um, the other Vikings just can't keep him alive long enough, and people just focus the Balog, and, he, and you know you've you've lost ninety percent of your hero. Um, so, yeah, if you if you're playing TLV, um, and if you can get buff Balog to work, let me know. But I just can't fucking do it. Like my recommendation is always go spin to win because you just need the three Vikings and you need the spin to win power. Because spin to win effectively, you group the Vikings around your target, and you spin to win, and and they get triple spin to win. Um, and it just does a lot of damage. It'll it'll basically chunk um any specialist assassin. Um, by probably a third of their health bar or something. So spin to win's a really powerful ability, and you need it um, absolutely for later game team fights. So my recommendation is um, always go spin to win because it's just really good. And, and the other the other hero I worked on was uh, Valor, and I believe Eugene, we had a really good game on Warhead Junction. Yeah, we yeah we did like. actually. It was very good. Um, we ended up uh, turning the game around like really hard. Yeah, I, I I've sort of forgotten the details of it, but it was it was actually really fun because I remember um, they took uh, they took the entirety of top, mm -hmm. yeah, and they had a boss they had a boss ramming down top, <laughs> so it was looking pretty fun. Yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't good. Like a keep was already exposed that a boss was coming. And, you know, it just looked like we were just done. You know, it's that yeah. warhead thing where, you know, everything's open and the boss is coming. Mm -hmm. And it's the new boss, like not the old one, the new one that actually like fucks up things. So um, it was, wasn't looking good. Yeah, but um, they just, so they overstayed their welcome at core and we chased them down. And then effectively after that, we just played the, we played the objectives properly. Like objective, 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 and then we we just basically turned it around. But what I want to say about that is like, 
you just never give up in heroes because mm-hmm. <laughs> you never know when the, when the enemy team's going to fuck up. Yeah, very true. It is is it is uh, much the silver to bronze, and even I would imagine gold elo, where yeah. one one win can actually just win you the game. Like if you get late enough and you have the heroes for it, you know, if if you win that last team fight, then it could just snowball for you. It it really can, especially um, if you're on. You always have to look at as well because I don't think I was playing Vikings that game. I think I was playing Valor. Um, and Vela at the moment, I really like her Manticore build, which is a late game build. Um, if you have a if you have a power spike coming, just believe in the power spike because when the, like Vela before Manticore and Vela after Manticore, they're just completely different beasts. Um, especially once she gets past like Quiver and you can't dive her as easy. Because man, I have like maximum hatred Manticore fucking. Sonya just melts under me. Um, yeah, that's Russian the idea. Zarya just melts under me. Yeah, you're meant to be a giant. <laughs> you're meant amazing. to be a giant killer. So you go from like you know focusing the tanks with like your tickle dots, and then all of a sudden it's uh, yeah. it's it's doing a bit more than tickling. Yeah. Oh, it no, it's actually amazing to watch the chunks just come out of the just come out of the tanks, and and mm. like, what? Why am I dying? And and they're like, oh, I got to get this Nazebo or whatever. <laughs> you're like no, wrong target, mate. Yeah, it's not. It's not the nazebo. All right, man. Yeah, it's oh, not it the sounds, nazebo. No, it sounds like you're really enjoying the uh, the valor. I yeah no. Uh, my my favorite picks at the moment are definitely valor and TLV. But I'm, I'm thinking of switching valor over to maybe Cassia, mm. or um, maybe maybe I'll pick up a melee hero again. Um, just to just to mix it up. Yeah, well, what I would suggest is one that doesn't require as much support as Valor. Because it is cool. She's like this yeah. DPS machine that's like going pew-pew like all the time. Um, but the thing is, is that she goes squish pretty instantaneously. Uh, so, yep. um, <laughs> She's really weak to dive. Yeah, so <laughs> that's, you know, that, that is something that I would take into account if you're going to be doing it in the pug world. Pug world. Mm. But yeah, my, my, my plan next week is I'm, uh, I'm going to finish off my placements and get my rank again. Yeah, nice. So I can be in the Silver League. Yeah, I was contemplating doing that as well. But, you know, I, I think I just prefer Hearthstone. Anyway, uh, so Christian, man, you've been quiet over there. How has your week in Blizzard been? My week has been pretty good as well. Um, I've been focusing mostly on Overwatch, um, specifically trying to regain my SR. Mm-hmm. So after a couple of um, <laughs> after a couple marked of... losses uh-huh. last week, um, I've yep. had some excellent competitive games. Yeah, nice. Um, I've managed to regain awesome. most of the SR that I lost, um, and some. So, very happy with that. Um, it's all in the things... Brigitte meta. Um, well, I've I've basically chosen a main hero now that I'm playing. So I'm I'm playing Soldier seventy six whenever possible. Um, Soldier. And yeah, I've I found that um, he sort of suits my playstyle, mm. um, and, and I've really been enjoying playing him. Um, in saying that, though, um, I have experienced uh, a lot of um, a lot of need to flex to different roles. Yeah, so it's definitely a thing, right? Yeah, very much so. And like, I'm I feel that I'm a pretty pretty average tank and support player. Um, and so whenever I have to drop off TPS, I I sort of feel well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do so great in this game. Um, but you know, it's just the nature of the game and uh, I think it just comes down to more practice. Yeah, man. So I've just been doing that a little bit more. 
Yeah, I definitely think so. Because, like, it's the thing about, all, like, any sort of competitive or seeded mode is that you do have to be a bit flexible. Like, you're just never going to get your pick all the time. Um, you know, it as as much as I, I, I say that now, like, I I never really get, get my pick too often, but I just really embrace it, you know. I think it was, like, even back in back in the league of legends days like i would never get anything other than support so i just said well fuck it i'm just going to be a support now so um you know yep. <laughs> I, I think i think it's <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> and you know i i, I do so, occasionally have some games where i play you know reinhardt or roadhog or something like that and i you know yeah. i do well but you know, i have to say just practice. i have to say christian you, you should definitely just play roadhog every time you're beast <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I do have good fun with Roadhog, especially on maps like Ilios with the um, oh yeah, the pit. But re- the fine recently I've been playing a little bit of yeah, well, <laughs> recently been playing a bit of Arissa as well and using her um halt ability to, to basically do this. Oh yeah, in, right, know, right. Five into the pit. Ah, mm. um, oh, that's so cancer. Yep, I know that one. <laughs> very much so. Very cancerous. Um, <laughs> I guess in other news, I've been looking to try to improve my aim. Um, so I've been doing a little bit of aim training in the practice grounds, and um, I've done a bit of research. Oh, tell Joey more. Into mouse settings um, and how that impacts oh, yeah. you. Yeah, well, so... <laughs> <Tell me> more. <laughs> um, yeah, well, um, I viewed a couple of YouTube videos, and um, they spoke a lot about how your DPI settings and your in-game sensitivity can make such a big difference. Um, okay. The general consensus that I got from the videos was um, lower your DPI, and lower your sensitivity way down. Um, right. So I spent a few days playing around with different settings, um, and I eventually got down to the setting of 800 DPI, um, a sensitivity mm-hmm. of 3.75. Mm-hmm. And 3.75? 3.75. Mine's so very, 8. very low. <laughs> <You're fast laughs> <Yeah. by sensitivity. laughs> so I, I find that the, the really low um, sensitivity, especially for um, hit scan characters like soldier um it helps a lot because it allows me to track a lot easier um but i'm still able to execute you know full 180 to you know shoot someone behind me um so yeah i think it just comes down to playing around with your sensitivity and your settings and so would you say that the so 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 would you say that the only reason that i'm um sub 700 elo at the moment is because of my mouse um i think it's (laughs) it's probably a contributing factor um I, I think that there are other problems there in regards to target prioritization <laughs> and positioning. Probably. Um, but we work on that later on. I think getting your mouse settings right to start off with would be good. Done. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to beast my mouse settings. Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, that's, um, that's pretty much my week in Overwatch. Um, Christian, just before you leave on this, um, can you recommend to any of our viewers the videos that you are watching? Um, I can. I'll have to find them. Um, I think there's one called, uh, the name of the channel is Overwatch Dojo, Mm -hmm. and they do a fairly extensive video on um, setting up your mouse correctly. Um, I believe uh, Stylosa from, um, what's it called, Unit Lost Gaming, uh, also does a fairly extensive video, and he refers to it in a lot of his videos as well. Um, So those those two are pretty good to watch. Yeah, cool, cool. All right, so definitely check those out, guys, if you... Want some tips on setting up your mouse and uh, developing your aiming a little bit better, Joey? Maybe you should. I'll put some links to them on jhtrader.com. 
Yep. Yeah. Excellent. That'd be very useful. Yeah, very useful. Very useful. Um, you also may want to check them out as well before you upload them. <laughs> that would be advisable. Hey, I, I don't need mouse sensitivity to upload it to jdraw.com. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. All, all I need is Visual Studio. Okay. Excellent. And luckily you have that. All right. So, yeah. good news, everyone. All right. Tell us the good news. There are Hearthstone things happening. There are nerfs coming, my good friends. The rain, the rain of the of the meta decks is coming to a, I mean, well, not end, but maybe just uh, not getting to our power spikes as fast as we normally do. So, Thank couple for that. couple of things, couple praise of the things. Rings. Uh, praise praise whichever gods you believe in. Um, praise the old gods. Yep, whatever, man. Yep, the tentacle fucks, whatever. Uh, spiteful summoner. <laughs> Spiteful Summoner, the one that we'll talk about later that is having a huge impact on every single meta right now is being nerfed. Mm -hmm. What did they do? Did they make it consume the spell? Did they make it cast the spell? Did they do anything with the spell? No, they didn't. All they did was increase its mana cost. So now instead of getting an 8-8-7-14 or a 12-12 on turn 6, you're now going to get it on turn 7. It's actually a pretty big nerf if you consider um, tempo decks and aggro decks um, have more have a whole extra turn now to so to, to like get their to get their combo off to kill the spider. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I completely agree with this. Like, there's just an extra a whole extra turn that that power is not going to be on the board, which can be the difference between life and death. Um, but I mean, I think it's a little on the tame side, my opinions. But you know, I I think they've been overly nice here. I, I before this weekend I thought that it was just not even warranted that Spiteful Summoner was just okay. Uh but I've I've, I've changed. Not nah, fuck that card. It needs to it needs to die. <laughs> anyway, uh next one, Possess Lackey. Fucking Lackey. Yep. Yep. Going on with the trend. On turn five, you could get the Lackey down for a turn six um Void Lord or Doom Guard. Uh now that just happens mm -hmm. one turn later. So now it's going to cost six mana instead of five, which does give, it's like you were saying, it does give people that extra turn. So essentially they're not really reducing the power of Lackey. They're just making the power a little bit later in, in the game. So if you Lackey Pact, um, which is the next card we're going to talk about, Doom Pact, then it's just going to happen yeah. one, one turn later. So even if you have coin, it still has to be on turn six instead of turn five. So... I'm I'm all about this because like we all know that you know that warlock is my just hated class right now. Um, so <laughs> such a shame. Good such a uh, so Eugene, yo. when I look at this, it doesn't look so much like they're nerfing warlock as much as they're buffing aggro. They're just okay. To be yeah, that's fair. They're, the, what they're essentially doing is, like I said, is they're slowing it down. All right, they're. They're mm. saying you have to wait longer to get your power spikes, essentially. Mm -hmm. Not only that, you guys can see the next point is that Dark Pact has not been changed. The mana cost has not been changed, which I thought was ridiculous. Um, mm -hmm. but, but they have cut the uh, health in half, so it now only restores four instead of restoring eight health, which I think is and much more a, reasonable. That, that's pretty big, because um, Warlock's all about the uh, health as a resource to draw mm. cards so the less healthy has the better yeah absolutely so 
Now, I think I think it's good game design. So, like, Christian's favorite ability in the game is the Warlock Hero power, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So, to Christian, to, so tell me, what's the drawback of the Warlock Hero power? Um, it's sort of the cost of tempo, I guess. Yeah. And um, losing life. Yeah, so it's obviously, you have to, like, you know, give up life as a resource, right? Which is, you know, valuable because you could lose the game. I think Dark Pact just made that pretty much fucking irrelevant because you could tap four times and then one mana destroy a minion, which is beneficial to you in a lot of cases, just completely negated your, your like, four drain lives. Hmm. Sorry. And so all you've lost is the and so all you've lost is the tempo, but you got the extra cards. So well, here's the thing, right? If you do impact the possessed lucky and get a uh, void lord on the battlefield, did you really lose tempo? You ask me these hard questions, and I can't always answer them. <laughs> so, Joey, if if I tapped four times, right, and I lost a yeah. life, and then yeah. on turn six I put down a minion. Yeah. I gain back eight health and then get an extremely powerful minion that represents six twelve worth of stats. Is that is that hard? Is that a tempo loss? I would call that a victory. Yeah, I I, I would also call that a victory. <laughs> so what what it does is that it it um only restoring four. Not only is it obviously a health uh, loss, but it means that the Warlock Hero power, uh, draining two health, is actually a meaningful choice now. Yeah, well, I mean, because when I look at this, the so they can pull off the same, they can try and pull off the same uh, strategy using the using these guys, except the difference is that once your Dark Pact's Possessed Lucky thing goes off and you get the Void Lord, not only has it happened on turn seven... Yeah, so six. without a coin, six if you're on the six if you're on the draw, um, and yeah. s seven if you're on the play. Yeah, sure. So that means that essentially you've it's happened to turn later, and you haven't gotten as many resources back. Mm. So this means that the enemy player who's playing against this exact combo is in a better position now than he would have been before the nerf so i think it's overall i think that's a pretty severe nerf um to the warlock actually mm. or pretty buffed a pretty good buff to every other class yeah well mm, it, it is a, it is a buff to every other class but i think it just it gives the other classes a window um which they didn't have previously yeah. i'm interested to see whether the nerf to dark pact is actually too much of a nerf like mm. could they have only dropped it down to six health instead of all the way down to four. Like you've effectively halved its effectiveness. Mm. And could it, you know, still have been achieved just by dropping it down to six? Yeah, very true. I I still think that that is an issue. And initially, if I thought about it, I either thought that they were going to increase the mana cost or make it uh, two less and not half. Um, see, the thing that you, the, the reason that I think it's warranted is because of the like rapid tempo gain. Because, okay, mm -hmm. if it's a one mana spell, right, normally destroying your minions is a bad thing. You don't want you don't want that to happen. But in Warlock, Warlock right now is the only class where that's like a beneficial thing. That's something that you want to happen. So paying mm -hmm. one mana for something that you want to happen and restoring two life, or, or, well, four life essentially, is um, I still think it's really strong. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. 
Like, if you look at the power level of other one mana cards, I think it's still really high in comparison. So I, I think it, because it's a class card, uh, we can judge it as such. It's not available to everybody. Um, so yeah. I think that that's why it, I think it's, I still think it's a bit over the top, um, but warranted. Now, the other thing here is that they've put Spyful Summoner into Odd Warlock, and they've put Possessed Lackey into Even Warlock. Um, are there are there any um, concerns over that, or...? Uh, mm, good question. Um, th those decks were never around, so um, mm. it could possibly be a thing, like a one-mana, a one-mana, you know, draw a card is, could be good. Um, so that still remains to be seen whether or not that will emerge, but... Yeah. Well, I was, I was thinking more on the other side, where where you have two mana, but you draw two cards instead. Oh, in the odd. Um, yeah, because because uh, now you. So they're now you're... both in that. So they're now both in an odd warlock. Well, Spyfall's in in an odd warlock for sure. I think Spyfall oh, and okay. Dark Pact are in odd now. No, possess. Yeah, so you wouldn't play odd Spyfall because um, if you're running Dark Pact, it. Spiteful Summoner could run off your Dark Pact and you summon a 1-1 one, one, or a 1-mana card. Yeah. So you don't want to do that. Like, Warlock doesn't have um, very expensive spells. I mean, they they have one 10-mana spell, but if you're running only that one, um, it's like you're running a Zoo deck, essentially. Yeah, okay. So I, I, it could happen, but I fail to see that it will. Um, speaking, speaking of... Um, zoo style strategies. Uh, Call to Arms is on the chopping block. Oh, that's sad. Reporting for duty. Yep. So, Call to Arms is basically uh, on par with one of the most broken cards that have ever been printed in Hearthstone. <laughs> it is pretty broken. <laughs> um, specifically, if you build your deck around it, you you get three uh three free uh two mana minions um that don't lose their um that get their battle cries um triggered as well so yeah. it now costs five instead of four um which takes it out of even paladin so even paladin just took a huge blow yeah it really did mm. so i mean even Paladin, like we'll see in a minute, is another one of those like monsters that that everybody's bringing, and it's taking a really, really massive nerf. Like, I don't even know if the deck will be playable at a top tier after this. And I know, uh, I know that what everyone's saying is that now it's going to be an odd Paladin. But the thing about it is, is that if you're paying five mana, you're not going to get two trues because you're playing odd. So it's going to be three one ones, which is just nowhere near as powerful and nowhere near as good for five mana. Um, so I, I'm not even sure that it's going to be run, and I'm not even sure that even an odd paladin are going to stick around. Um, I think that it may just become a general paladin. You reckon this is the? So you reckon Merlock Paladin's going to be you know, going to replace it? I think so. Um, I think that that that's if they need call to arms like if you need call to arms if that was like the linchpin of your deck and what made it really strong um then i think yeah i i do think that even paladin still has tools other than call to arms that was just like the cherry on top that pushed it over the edge yeah for sure mm. and lastly 
The one that I think is also somewhat warranted um, is the um, the quest rogue nerf. <laughs> so, uh, so what's this? What's this card do? Uh, Kevin's blow. Yeah, yeah. So the quest was if you pay, play five of the same. Sorry, if you uh, yeah cast five or play five of one minion in a game, all of your other yep. minions for the rest of the game become five fives after playing a five yep. mana spell. Cool. So at turn five, all your minions become five five, and they're not, one mana. Well, not at turn five. So for one, you have to play five of the same minion. And then after that, you have to oh, for sure. you have to cast a five mana spell in order to do it. So um, it's pretty tricky. You have to do all these like rogue tricks in order to get there. Um, but now mm -hmm. what's going to happen is instead of them being five fives afterwards, they're all going to be four fours, uh, which is just insanely easy to deal with. Yeah, well, that's actually a really big tempo nerf, right? Because um, five there's a big difference between five five and four four. Oh yeah, there's a huge difference, and. I don't know if you guys actually know this, but this is the second time that it's had to be nerfed. Wow, really? Yep. So That's insane. The initial incantation, insane. the initial incantation of Quest Rogue, only required that you play the same minion four times. Yep. Yeah, and that was just like wrecking everybody. It was like just so oppressive. It was actually the kind of deck that um that Christian likes to play in um in in Magic. Um, and you know, Christian says this a lot. It's like you know, it's like he's playing solitaire. That's basically what Quest yes. is. <laughs> dude. That's basically what Quest is like. You. Um, I might have to look into it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's essentially the same thing. Like you just do your own thing. Um, you you know you don't really care about everybody else, and then someone like a bunch of one and two mana five fives afterwards. Um, mm -hmm. So now they're going to be four fours, which is slightly less, and it may be backbreaking. Um, but it's still going to have the same play style. It's still going to have the same power spike. It's just easy to deal with. Like a lot of other classes have options to deal with it now. So I think that's mm. a good change. I don't think it'll see it go away. I think it'll still be there because it is really strong against um, against control decks. Like it's just so much value that I don't think it can be denied, even even with this um, nerf. Well, it looks like the main goal here was to bring other was to bring other classes into the um, meta mm, yep it well that's always what it is like like the blizzard mm. team just want equal representation across all classes um it's never really going to happen and we're in a somewhat healthy meta at the moment with multiple decks that are good um but mm. what they want is multiple decks played multiple ways that are all viable yeah absolutely yeah so getting more than just a rock, paper, scissors between questing rogue, cube block, and uh, odd paladin. Yep, and spyful druid. <laughs> and spyful druid, yeah. <laughs> so, yep. But yeah, so so that's what's going down. There is one as well that is a little interesting for wild is the um, Naga Sea Witch got a massive, massive nerf, which was really warranted. I'm not going to go into too much details, but it's um, it costs like three extra mana now, and it basically means that the decks that we're running around rampant over in wild will be doing it much later. So on turn five, you could get four giants on the board. Yep. Giants are eight eights. Four so, giants. Yeah. So you're at like 24, 24 stats on five, five. <laughs> I just, yeah, it just That's clicked crazy. me. Well, like, what the hell that meant? I'm like, are you serious? Yes. <laughs> Nagasi, which reduced the cost of, um, of your cards. 
Yeah, okay. And uh, and then basically that stacked on top of any reductions that were already being cast on the minions. So, you know, like Mountain Giant costs less for the, each card in your hand, Sea Giant for minions in on the field. So, uh-huh. you know, so like Nagasi Witch, if you reduce the cost of all your minions in your hand and then they had further reductions, you could just play them all for zero mana on turn five. So, it's insanity you know like so, so, so it's getting nerfed um, uh, it's interesting actually the difference between hearthstone and <clears throat> traditional card games mm-hmm. because it's actually it would be impossible in magic the gathering to nerf black lotus or arabian knights yep it would be they just ban them but but yeah so but, but in hearthstone you, you can still play a naga sea witch it's just like we've just changed the software a bit Mm. And now she does. Um, like she's not as good. Yeah, that that that's always the the advantage of having a digital card game. Like as much as um, as much as I like, you know, having physical cards, and I don't think they they're ever going to go away. I like the fact that you know it is it is a digital thing. Like you can change it. You know, it can be evolving. Hmm. But it's it means that you can have. You can have a, an an interesting wild meta alongside your um, alongside your standard meta as well, mm. and like your wild meta doesn't have to be some bullshit with with banned cards in it because the cards are just too powerful. Yeah, very true. Um, that being said, uh, like wizards are obviously all over the unbannings when necessary. Like we had some recently um, as well that were um, almost needed. Um, anyway. Mm. Love Braidel forever. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and um, Jason. So what's going on in? Uh, so what's going on in HCT, man? Uh yeah. So uh, this week, guys, was the HCT Asia Pacific playoffs for summer. Australia. Yep. And oh yeah, yeah. There was actually some Australians this time. It was it was great. It was great. Um, we have a lot. Of, I have a lot of things to talk about about that. Uh, did any before I get started? Did anybody manage to catch any of it? I was unable to. I um. Yeah, I, I spent today watching either. Overwatch and uh, Heroes of the Dawn. Uh, okay, okay, no worries, no worries. So, um, I thought I'd just have a quick look at the stats just to give you guys a you know a, a lay of the land. Um, Absolutely. So, if we have a look. Uh, Mr. Even Paladin was uh, highly, highly represented, with sixty-eight decks being brought. Holy crap! He was he, he was highly represented. Yep, there was the most popular deck in the entire format. So you know, followed up by oh, our good old friend Mr. Warlock, um, with yeah, yeah, with uh, roughly half half between Control and Cube. Um, so that that was pretty good. Um, that was obviously followed by Druid, but you know we, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, things to note, <laughs> things to note is that Rogue was actually pretty high on the list as well, with um, a pretty big split between um, between Quest Rogue and Odd Rogue. So the Odd Rogue deck that I was playing was actually being represented, and a little bit of a reason why I was playing it um, is yeah, because there was a, yeah, there was a high representation of Odd Rogue and. It ended up getting banned in a few in a few matches too, which was really cool. Um, the uh, the least the least played were um, Warrior Hunter Shaman. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise! Yep, 
poor Hunter there was six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Hunter only had six, and I think they were all Spell Hunter is the current list that everyone's yep. trying to run. Um, and I was so excited, everyone. Why were you excited? So there were 13 shamans. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> shamans, yes. 13 shamans, 12 of them were playing even shaman lists. Yeah. What was the other one playing? The last one was playing my good friend, yeah. the Shadowhawk Shaman. So exciting. Oh my God, the Shadowhawk. And not nice. only that, Damn. not only that, it was the Australian dude. The Australian guy was playing the Shadowhawk Shaman and I was just like, represent. yes, represent us. Was the Australian guy just like, was the Australian guy just like a cyborg that you were controlling? <laughs> uh, <laughs> if I was controlling it, I don't think it would have made it to the playoffs. Okay, it made it to the playoffs. Nice. Oh yeah, dude, he was in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, just to to give you guys a bit of it, his name was uh, Frosty, and yep. man, he actually had a really, really good run. Um, he ended up with his Shadowwalk Shaman not getting banned. I think some of uh, some of his other um. Some of his other decks were being banned. He ended up going 5-2 and just missed out on getting in the top 8. Oh, really? Yes. It came down to the fact that most of his games uh, went to 3-2 rather than him uh, winning really convincingly. So um, he didn't have as good as a record as some of the other people that went 5-2. Um, so mm. he ended up just missing out. And... I was rooting for him the whole time. I kept seeing his games, but unfortunately, the games that I saw, he always lost. So the two games that I watched, <laughs> it, it the two losses that he had. Um, That's a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. So no, I was. It was really cool to see. I was. It, it just you know, it was like there's hope for Australia. We could beat the Japanese and Koreans. Yeah, and yeah, there's hope for the Shutterlock. <laughs> Even the announcers were talking about it. Is that it was a bit of a hybrid and. It runs. Uh, it's running a different list to what I was running because obviously they have access mm -hmm. to all the cards. But um, the one big thing that came out was Hagatha, the card that they thought everybody thought was going to be trash, uh, turned out to be a really good yeah. value um, because it gives you shaman spells when you summon minions. It could be good, uh, but there are just a lot of trash shaman spells. So you do get a lot of spells, but not all of them are good. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Um, oh, that's cool. It's it's good to see a shadow walk. It is. It is. So uh, a couple of other things to note from the weekend is that the reigning world champion Tom, well Tom six zero two two nine, he got knocked out really early. Knocked out. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So the current reigning world champion for Hearthstone uh, just got knocked out of the playoffs. He's just nowhere near the top eight. I guess that goes to show how. Um... Because Hearthstone's very different to a game to a MOBA game, right? Where in a MOBA you've got the um, reaction speed and mechanics element of it, whereas Hearthstone doesn't have sort of mechanics. Like you described it yourself, watching a Hearthstone game, everyone's got their hands on their chin, staring at the screen. Yeah. Hmm. What am I going to play? Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of calculating and a lot of chance taking, a lot of math mm. going on. Um. So you know there is there is all that happening, and it's also a card game so overall, after all. Yeah, exactly. And it sort of makes sense in that scenario that being good at Hearthstone, like, you can get beaten by a 60-year-old. Like, anybody can beat you, mm. sort of thing. Because everybody has the same access to the same cards. It's yeah. like, nobody's... You have to play within the rules of the game, which everybody does. Mm, absolutely. And if, yeah, if, 
if you just have a bad draw and a, and a couple of bad games, you can get knocked out of the playoffs, even if you're the world champion. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very true. So, you know, I think there was some of the casters were saying, like, that's the mentality of some people. It's like, yeah, I'm, like, not favored to win, but you still have to beat me. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Um, as well, I, I also... Um, I got treated last night. So after I finished watching the uh, HCT, I was um, you yep. know, just uh, dicking around on Twitch and I saw that there was a dream hack also happening uh, in the oh, somewhere, yeah. somewhere in the Americas region. Mm -hmm. Turns out it was the most boring Hearthstone I've ever seen. What's that? So they run a different style. So in HCT, you, pick, you bring four decks and one gets banned and then you have to win a game with every single one of your decks in order to advance right once you win with yep. the deck okay so there's a, there's a bit of variety yeah 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 so there's a bit of variety in dreamhack in the tournament if you lose with a deck then you can't play with it uh, like ever like for the, for the rest of no, dreamhack no 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 so in a game right you still have four decks and you still have one ban okay so same structure except you don't have to change when you win with a deck. You can keep playing the same deck over and over again. However, if you lose ah. with a deck, you have to play one of your other two. Or, you know, or if, yeah, you, gotcha. if you lose twice, you have to play your last one. So basically, what that meant was, is that I saw just Spiteful Druid versus everything else. And I'm pretty sure Spiteful <laughs> Druid did not lose a single game except to itself. That does sound a little bit dull. <laughs> Yep, it was really dull. So basically, nerf, nerf spiteful. So what I'm hearing is I should make a spiteful druid. You should. Um, it's all. It, it it's the problem of like there's the three top decks which are, um, control keep block even paladin spiteful druid, and it just so happened that spiteful yeah. druid was just like, wrecking everyone's face. Um, and it was just really boring to watch. So, you know. Well, I definitely think that they could. Um mix up the format then for dreamhack because you know i i wouldn't want to see that myself like if i'm going into a if i'm going into like as a viewer watching a tournament and i know that this guy's got four different decks that he says these are the strongest and i want to see the overall strongest player mm. like i don't just want to see this one deck winning over and over again i want to see that he can construct decks through multiple classes yeah very true but yeah that, that's why the um, hct is like that yeah, if I consider a Hearthstone legend, I like I, I consider somebody like I think even HCT is a bit too weak on this. Like, why are there only six? Why are there only nine warriors? There should be there should be thirty warriors and thirty hunters. Mm. Um, like you should have to win with every class. Um, at least I don't know X percentage of your games. So you say you have to win, um, fifteen percent of your games with, with hunter. Yeah, okay. I for example. So what you're describing is essentially the what was called the HGG which happened last year, but it wasn't just a single player. Yeah. It was a bunch of players and they had to represent every single deck, every single class, sorry. Mhm. Mm mm. Yeah. So I think I'd like to see that a lot better than um uh than just being able to win an entire tournament with with just one class. Mhm. Mm yeah, that's fair. It, it's just if I think about the Master Hearthstone player, I don't know what that looks like. Because if you, if you think about a Master Chess player, Master Chess player is the guy who can use his 16 pieces to beat anybody else. But the Master Hearthstone player, like mastering Hearthstone is not just mastering Paladin in Hearthstone. It's mastering all of the classes in Hearthstone. So, so the Master Hearthstone player should be able to build a deck to beat anybody else in any, any of the classes. Mm. 
Mm. Presuming it's it's re- presuming reasonable balance. Like yeah, yeah, of course. Maybe you have to, maybe you have to play in. Um, maybe you concede the classes classes. So, um, paladin, druid, and warlock for this competition are in a for an are in a steed, and hunter warrior shaman are in a different seed. So like you have to play in in brackets. But oh uh, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. So you know you play your tier one decks and then your tier two and then your tier three. Yeah. Um, the problem with that is, is that if it's a, a Blizzard run event, then they're admitting that there is class uh, class imbalance. Yeah, that is a problem. Um, I don't know how to solve it. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> as much as it's cool, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I don't think I don't think you're going to get a Blizzard dev openly admitting that um, that some classes are uh, stronger than others at the moment. They're still going to tell I don't you. Think they have to. I... No, they're still going to tell you that you is... have a chance of winning. Yeah, no, I, I think there is a way to, to, when I say programming, I don't mean the computer programming, I mean I mean tournament scheduling. Uh-huh. But there's a way to do the programming of the tournament such that it will, um, you'll see an even representation of, because what I want to see as a viewer is like, I want to see Priest versus Warlock. Um, and I want to see how that matches up. And Maybe they have an ELO system or an MMR system. Um, I'm not sure. But essentially, you should have to have at least one victory with every class in like in a professional environment in order to be crowned Hearthstone champion. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that. How they go about that is, you know, obviously difficult. But, um, you know, I, I definitely think the same. Um, I'm not sure we're going to see it anytime soon because I think that the esports team and the developers are on a bit of a disconnect. There seems to be this big disconnect mm-hmm. between what's happening, you know, on the development side and what's happening on the production side. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I think I think if it, for it to be interesting, um, you know, there needs to be a bit of a shakeup as to what people are playing. And obviously, it's not going to happen. It's never happened in a lot of other, you know physical card game tournaments like in standard in magic the gathering you know even i'm not sure about right now but over, over the years you know it's it's always been that there are like two or three decks that everyone's bringing and then you maybe bring you know one or two fringe or like side decks that no one's really expecting to try to try and get a win yeah. but yeah it's it, you never you, but the problem with that is you only bring one as opposed to four or five or whatever so you know it's it's a hefty problem for them to try. It is a hefty problem, but the, again, there are advantages with software here. Where um, in Magic: The Gathering, it's hard to give all of your pro players all of the cards. Whereas in in software, it's easy. You just have you just give them a, a pro account, and then they've got access to all the cards, and they can build whatever deck they want. Mm. Very true. I, yeah, I imagine uh, I imagine in magic, like magic pros just have all the cards anyway. So like let, this, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um yeah, so right. let's uh let's move on over to the Overwatch League. So there was some really awesome games happening. Um Christian, did you manage to watch some of these? I did, but um before we get into that, I just want to talk about the um the decision on the patch choice for stage four yeah yeah that um, was a big thing that I saw yeah yep yep go for it what did yeah. you think so so I find it interesting that you know they they've chosen the patch and it's um hold on I got the patch number here so patch one point two two 
Um, so it means that the the Hanzo rework is not in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw the, that. The uh, Brigitte is obviously in the game, and she is not nerfed. So she's still got the <laughs> um, the, the wide arc um, shield bash. Uh, and um, it, it sort of made me think, and there's been a couple of uh, YouTube videos talking about the same topic, um, about the disconnect between um, the Overwatch League and competitive that, you know, most normal players would be playing and how, you know, they run on different patches. Mm. And um, I guess ideally I'd, I would have liked to have watched, um, you know, the current meta for the current patch that's happening. So seeing all the broken um, Hanzo plays and you know, a, a slightly nerfed... Yeah. Something that what I'm seeing in games at the moment. Yeah, no, I completely um, agree with you, Christian. And just to further expand on your point, I think this is a Blizzard esports problem in general. Um, because, it is, yeah. yeah. Because the same thing happens in Heroes, man. Like, there'll be a patch that happens and, you know, the people are just not playing on it. So... It, there's just very little to get to gather you know they're just playing on a patch where someone's completely broken and then you know if i go home and i play that i'm just not going to get the same experience so i definitely see what you mean well the other thing here is um not to add not to add more uh not to add more salt onto the on, on, under the chips uh-huh. but <laughs> it it kind of it kind of stinks in in heroes where i know decker came out or I know Ragnaros has just come out. Ragnaros not so much anymore, but um, I want this guy's just come out. The hype's there. I, I want to see Alex Straza become a fucking dragon in the in the um, at least in the at least in the in the regular season. Not, like maybe not in the not in the big important games like the playoffs or the brawl or, or the or BlizzCon, but just in your regular season. Um, I want to see the heroes that I'm hyped about. And I've I've seen all the advertising for it. I'm like, yeah, Decker Kane. I want to see him in the game. Like, I want to see him very next game. Like, like day two, day two release. A, a, a pros picked him up, and he's like playing around with them. You know, because mm. because it, it kind of stinks to to wait for a month to find out. Oh, yeah, okay, he's he's not going to see play because he's he's not weak, he's not strong enough in yeah, area X Y Z. So, so Christian, did you think that it really impacted on the games? Did you feel like there was uh, something a, a little bit wrong with what was going on? Well, a little bit. You know, it, it you're still seeing basically the same meta that we're seeing in competitive at the moment. So your, your Reinhardt, Zarya, Brigitte trio, um, the whole <laughs> trinity, obviously. Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. um, still seeing <laughs> roughly the same supports. Um, but you are still seeing some flankers in there as well, um, which I found interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are still running Trace, Tracer and Genji. Um, they, they haven't disappeared completely from the meta, um, which I found really interesting. But, you know, they, they are pro players, so I, I guess they can, they can actually still make them work. Whilst us mere mortals, you know, who are just going to get shield bashed and killed every time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I saw... Uh... I saw Diva Winston working actually on on Blizzard World. I f- I forget who was playing, but I was uh, I was watching a bit of Overwatch today. Well, the um the dive meta is still well, the dive strategy is still um still valid on on certain maps. Hmm. It's just not as prevalent anymore, and it does get countered quite hard by um, Brigida and the slow push a lot of the time. 
I definitely saw what you meant, though. Like a lot of watching the a lot of watching the game is watching these two like enormous Reinhardt shields just facing off against each other. <laughs> it's like red shield versus blue shield. Yeah. <laughs> like rah! all these abilities are going off everywhere. But I, I found it interesting. So part of the strategy is that you have like a long range champion, like uh, Widowmaker versus Farah or something. Yeah, so you you have um, usually they've slimmed it down to one DPS. So you're getting the rest of your DPS um, from, say, Azaria, who can support yep. the uh, the Reinhardt. Yeah. Um, and then you just um, also have like a Zenyatta who can also deal a fair damage. Um, so so more off DPS slash off tank slash off support, and then just having that mm -hmm. one dedicated um, DPS. So since the the reworked Hanzo isn't there, they can pick something like a Widow or a McCree still. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's quite often what I was seeing, and I do want to talk about one particular game this week, um, as well. But um, yeah, I definitely have been seeing that particular strategy executed very, very well. Um, so do you guys mind if I jump right into it? Go for it, mate. Jump in. So I watched the game this week. I decided that I wanted to have a look at how Boston Uprising were going to be doing. Um, after their um, after their loss of the stage three playoffs, so I decided to watch a game of them, and it was them versus the Houston Outlaws. And um, I was, you know, I obviously just like loaded up the vod, and I heard the casters talking about it. And I've never really watched Houston Outlaws before, but what they said was is that Houston Outlaws just really, really enjoy the current meta, like the one that we're, that we're describing with the Holy Trinity, Reinhardt, Zarya, Brigitte, and, um, and that they really <laughs> like felt their groove. And oh man, is it their fucking groove. So, so what happened in the games? Um, so basically, what I saw was like a textbook, textbook fucking why Brigitte is just really, really good at dealing and shutting down the dive <laughs> meta. Like... What what they were running most of the time, what I found was that they were running one tank, you know. Um, yeah. So th there were some games where it was like Reinhardt and Zarya and Brigitte, um, but that was actually just overkill. Basically, they could just run the one tank and Brigitte, uh, and that was it. That's all they needed, man. And it was still fucking insane. And, like, it was really, really cool to see the strategy. Like, they wouldn't start like that. Maybe sometimes they had other other heroes, um, other heroes around, but the millisecond mm -hmm. that they saw a tracer, instantly, or a Genji, <laughs> instantly swap over to, to to Brigitte, and then that was it. And man, they were putting on a fucking clinic for how to like shut down, um, shut down <laughs> flankers. Like, I honestly felt sorry for Boston because they were kings. They were fucking amazing at this dive strategy, but. Yeah. Um. Now with Brigida around, it, it's just it, they couldn't do it. Boston have been nerfed. Yeah. So I feel bad for all those uh, those tracer and Genji mains that put you know, hours, hours. Into, hundreds uh -huh. of hours into practicing the fairly difficult champions to play, and you know, uh -huh. they're shut down by someone by you know right clicking. Yeah. All they have to do is like hit two <laughs> hit two buttons. That being I said, I think I'm hearing some personal pain there, Christian. <laughs> is it, oh, is it some well. personal pain? I was an aspiring tracer main, but I've you know, <laughs> since moved away from that. Yeah. Light of current Fair events. Enough, I I still think the tracer uh, is is good and like a fun a fun uh, a fun hero to play actually. So 
I don't think it's completely wasted. No, she gets her bangers and mash, that's for sure. Mm. Her, ba- her bangers and mash being like <laughs> the blood of her enemies, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yep, the loves. Yeah. Um, the one thing as well that I did want to mention, uh, and you guys did refer to it, is that they're picking up a lot of long-range damage. There was just almost every game, and I think the maps are very conducive to it, but there are a lot of um, McCree and Widowmaker, you know, battles. So like Widow v Widow or Widow and McCree. That w- there was basically those were the type of um, heroes that were being picked. And obviously Farah, Farah uh, was a you know, Farah was a big pick as well in a lot of maps. But I just found it really interesting that there were just a lot of these Widowmaker battles going on um, as well. And you know, there was just some crazy, crazy, crazy plays like. There was one one map, and I think it was the same map, Kings Row, where the Houston mm-hmm. the Houston Widow player just beasted the, the entire Boston Uprising. Like the reason that they won <laughs> is this guy was just getting like headshots head after headshot, and um, popping off. yeah, just absolutely popping off. Yeah, you're right, man. Um, That's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah, and they obviously had like a similar setup. I did, I did want to mention that um, that the supports really haven't changed other than Brigitte at the moment. In saying that, though, but, there is a little bit of flexibility. Like I've I've seen some games where like Lucio has been substituted in for a Zen, and you mm-hmm. know they do mix it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they do. It's obviously just like it's obviously not like cookie cutter, um, and that saying these are the only supports that like, that can be played. It is it is just the majority. And it would be interesting to see. In saying that, though, I haven't seen um, Symmetra run at all. Uh, Or Anna? (laughs) I haven't seen Anna, Anna, actually. Yeah, Anna seems to have dropped off completely as well. I remember watching one game of Anna, but I I think after after her first ulti, they switched over to someone else. You know, I think Anna will become powerful after... um, If they... If they're able to find a way to buff sleep or a meta where sleep is... Because sleep as a mechanic is really belongs to Anna at the moment. Like, I don't think any other hero really has sleep. No. But mm-hmm. if, they, if they were to introduce a hero or um, change things in such a way that sleep became an effective mechanic, I reckon Anna would find her, um, her niche. Yeah, I believe so as well. It just... Um, I'm not seeing it anytime soon. So maybe maybe if you can sleep Brigida for long enough, then your flankers can do some work. The problem is uh, getting the sleeping dart through the ten fucking shields. She's got. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> very true. Very true. Uh, but yeah, no, I think because um, I think it's curious actually when I think about it from a game design point of view that she is the sleeper hero. Like nobody else ha- is a, is a sleeper. Um, so I think I think the Blizzard devs are looking at this more long term with Anna's place in the game. Where because I remember in Hots Anna was the first sleeper, and um, Deckard Kane came along later to to be the sort of the AOE sleeper. Mm. And I'm pretty sure we're going to see more sleep in um, Heroes of the Storm. In fact, I think we have another sleep hero. I just um, can't think of it at the moment. No, we don't. But I'm pretty. Oh, are we don't? Okay. Nope. But I'm pretty sure, I'm not going to bet my life on it, but I'm pretty sure that we're going to see something like an AoE sleep in um, Heroes of the Storm in Overwatch. That'd be interesting. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. It'd be different from it'd be different from Reinhardt's AoE stun, 
because uh, it would last longer because it's a sleep but mechanic. It, it's not a stun but, mechanic. But it's conditional, so they can, you know, be knocked out of it. Obviously, yeah. That's the difference between sleep and stun, really. Like, like you, you can be knocked out of sleep. You can't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's just my thoughts. All right. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to them going forward a patch to be putting it on live. Um, so that we can actually see, you know, what's happening in game. I see broken Hanzo. Yeah, <laughs> see, see more broken Hanzo. <laughs> yeah, so, the, uh, so fun. We can watch the Graviton Dragon combo oh, over and over again. Oh, well, I did see that, and that seemed like the sex. Like, they actually, they actually ran yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it seems pretty ridiculous. Anyway. I when when Actually, it goes Gene, off, it's cool. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. You know, Gene, I'm pretty sure. In one of the games we played a couple of days ago, I'm pretty sure we finally saw Hanzo's fucking dragon ulti be useful. You mean in heroes? Yeah, in in hot, in hot. Yeah, yeah. I think I think so. I think so. It was I think we did because 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 I, I I think it was a giant stun, and the guy was just he was stunned. We locked him down, and he stayed in the fucking dragon ulti. <laughs> yeah, and he died. I was like, "Yes, how's this dragon ulti killed somebody?" <laughs> I uh, I really do much prefer it in Overwatch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's um, so uh, simple geometry, just beasts, and and here's the storm compared to dragon ulti. We go real. The problem is he, he doesn't he doesn't say cool anime shit. Um, when he, um, when he does yeah, his when he does his other ulti. Yeah, I know. Really, what the cool animation? It's so like visceral, you know. Anyway. Yeah. Um. All right. So, Joey, did you want to talk about some heroes of the dorm? Yeah, let's skip over to heroes of the dorm. So, obviously, heroes of the storm is on hiatus until June, but luckily we've got. I guess they're trying to do the same as what they do for college football, but for esports, which is kind of an interesting thing. Like it's the first time I've actually watched Heroes of the Dome, so it's sort of a um a new experience. But essentially the idea is that you can win a college scholarship by winning this uh esports tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's been around for ages. It's really awesome. I, I, I know I know it's been around for ages. I, I just have never watched it. And uh, I don't know who won the tournament because I didn't watch the whole thing, but I did manage to watch a series between Kentucky versus the Canadians, Laval. So there's... I'm like, cool, these are probably schools in America. Done deal. And interestingly enough, it was really weird actually hearing Here's the Storm being cast in American. I'm so used to German accents. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, I think it's the black guy is this really, really thick American accent if he was casting it. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, he wasn't casting it. It was a, it was a really excited, it was a really excited guy, but I, 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 I can't say his name. I think Dunk Train um, was I, also I on there. It might have been, it might have been Dunk Train, but he, he had the, when things were going off, he's like, Whoa! like, he's like, he's really good. Like, he's, he's pretty excited. It, it was fun to watch anyway. Mm. Um. I have to say, Kentucky versus Laval. Laval, um, Laval showed Kentucky who was boss, and all the casters were saying Kentucky was looking strong going into it. But um, to be honest, I wasn't seeing it because Laval really sort of raked them over the coals. Yeah, man. <laughs> there's, there's, there's not really, there's not really a uh, a nice way to say it. 
Yeah, right. Um, I'm sure Kentucky did. Um, I'm sure Kentucky did the best. Uh, but what I want to say is, really, the game that I really liked was the first one. Because mm. the first game, because because I I really felt Kentucky was a bit demoralized going into game two and game three because the first game went so in favor of Laval. Because what they were all saying was that Laval, apparently, because I, I don't know these teams, so I, I just have to go both and tell me. Mm-hmm. Laval is apparently a um, control player. So they they like to control objectives, not take fights, um, and sort of... So they're macro players, do the more Yeah, yeah, macro players. Like, like, like they do all the, all the more zoning stuff. Mm-hmm. And Kentucky, uh, Kentucky were meant to be like the, uh, the aggro beast motors. Uh, and Laval, Laval drafted Zeratul. Oh, crazy! And I'm like Zeratul. Man, well, what does this guy even do? What are his abilities? Jesus Christ! <laughs> I love me some Zeratul. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but in purple, not good. Actually, no, that's not true. So Zeratul's main advantage in pro play is the reset, the void prison, um, and. But the thing is, it's fallen out of favor because, I mean, if you if you can do a combo breaker, that's great. But what are you going to do after the combo breaker is sort of the is sort of the main problem with Zeratul. So he's so squishy, and Stealth got such a big nerf, such that he'll combo break, but then he'll die immediately after because I mean, it's more of a combo delayer than a combo breaker. <laughs> Dude, I think um, you're forgetting but... as well that it's a combo like you know piece. Yeah, oh, it, yeah, no, 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 it is a combo piece for sure. But uh, anyway, I, I honestly think Zeratul's fallen out of the meta for a reason. But I can't quite. I didn't have this sort of pre-thought out, so I'm, I'm sort of talking off the top of my head at the moment. Mm. Um, anyway, what I, what I did get to see was a mad one v one between Genji and Zeratul, and that was really cool. Um, it was really good to see, sort of, because they both sort of. They fill a similar role inside team comps, and it's really interesting to see them go head to head. It fills a similar role in that they're like sort of the the squishy dive combo champ that like sort of dives in, gets the kill, and gets out. Mm. And it was really interesting to see them one v one. I I I actually really liked it. Um, it it was a wash, by the way. Neither Zeratul nor Genji could kill each other. Um, the the only time that it almost landed a kill was when Zeratul was tag teaming into Phoenix, but uh, Genji was too smart and ran away. Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? Like you just they're too slippery. You're never gonna lock down one. Like if, if they're just going head yep. to head, it's essentially down. just like you know them toying, like having fun with each other. Essentially, like I would never go in and thinking, you know, if I'm Zeratul, that I'm gonna kill Genji or the other way around. Like it's just never gonna happen. <laughs> You, you you don't have the arrogance that I have. <laughs> <laughs> when I play Zeratul, I'm like, all of these bitches are my bitches. Cool, Zeratul. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so what I want to say about the first game is that your point about it, Void Prison being the combo piece it was just on display that game because there's just a single team fight where 
Um, they caught Phoenix, I think, with Sonya and Greymane. I forget who's actually in the game because I don't have it in front of me. But th- they caught Phoenix. Um, Zeratul fucking TPs in to, 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 to Void Prison and, and saves his ally. Mm-hmm. And then, so so the combo's off. Like, it's the combo delayer. Um, and then what happened was Phoenix's decision, because you, you, you've all got a couple seconds to make a decision, and, and that's going to be your play for the rest of the fight, basically. And Phoenix's decision was to warp back and planet cracker. And I think one of their other teammates came in, and but basically the warp back planet cracker, I guess they didn't see it happening because um, Kentucky didn't respond to the play and Planet Cracker just melted everybody. I was like, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was like the ultimate, it was the ultimate Planet Cracker play. I was like, yes, die. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Oh, the, um, there were really good Planet Crackers that game. It, it was all, the way the cast has put it is like, Hanzo is not the only one who knows uh, simple geometry because all the Planet Crackers <laughs> were just slicing the map in two. Uh, and basically, but they always had the they always had two options: stay in tower range or go through a planet cracker. It was like oh, beautiful. Mm, yep, yep, the the beautiful zoning planet cracker. Yeah, you do love your good yeah. zoning ultimate, don't you, Joey? I love zoning ultimates. I absolutely love them. Mm. <laughs> um, the, so the 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 other thing I'll I'll say about game two. Um, so game one, it's just obviously why Laval won, and game two and three, Kentucky didn't really bring it back, but they. They they didn't play badly. Like they they played pretty well. Um, I, like it was enjoyable to watch at least. Uh, like because uh, there were lots of times when I thought, yeah, Kentucky's got this, but then no, it it, it just fell apart for them. Like mm. I think game two was in Final Shrines, and they they won a couple of immortals, but then Laval went back to macro play and out macroed them. So like they didn't really win, even though even though they had the early game advantage. Um. And game two was interesting for two reasons. One was I really liked the way Kentucky drafted. So Kentucky drafted, they got Malfurion, um, meaning, you know, <laughs> meaning Laval gets Stukov, obviously. Oh, yeah, but, sure. So they got Malfurion. And then the interesting thing was that their picks for, for, their picks for Tank were ETC and Gul'dan. So the ETC and Blaze, and then instead of picking a second healer, they picked Gul'dan, mm-hmm. which meant that of the five heroes on the team, four of them could heal themselves, and the other one was Greymane. Yep, yep. I mean, like, and I'm like that. Mm. I, I was like, that's a that, that's a really good way to get sort of a support without a support. Like, like you just have everybody. Everybody can heal. Like, like everybody's okay and, and can look after themselves. Um, except for one guy who like who who needs to be babysat, yeah, and and he just stays out of the fight. I I feel that that's like what happened after the support apocalypse, where like you know regen tanks and people that could heal themselves like just went up in value. So I think it's a mm. definitely good strategy. The only one that I would like counter is that I'm I th- like I think Gul'dan is not a good example of like someone that can heal. Like okay, sure he can heal himself, but like he needs to like to to do things. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, that's his life type mechanic. Mm. But I mean, I've never, I've, Gul'dan is squishy, but when I play Gul'dan, I don't really feel as squishy as I should. 
Like, I, like I'm not leaving. I'm, I, I'm cool, Dan. <laughs> like, well, as long like, as you're man I, managing his, um, you know, his health as a resource and whatnot, and well, you know, essentially what I'm trying to say survival. is, I, I go into, I, I go into a one v one cool Dan, thinking I'm going to destroy this guy because, because, because I've got infinite health and they don't. Like that's my mindset when I go into a fight with cool Dan. Mm. Um, whereas, which probably why I lose on cool Dan so much. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just the just the mentality of all these guys can look after themselves. Like I could see how this was going to be, um, I guess a powerful combo. Like it didn't win, but I, I didn't think that was the fault of the draft. It was the, just an, an outplay by, by Laval. And I also saw the, um, the Hanzo Diablo double stun, uh, Laval pulled it off. Um, and the first time it was actually pretty lackluster. It, um, it, it went off, but it didn't, it didn't give them the fight all by itself. Like, like they really had to work for it, and a lot of that was because uh, Kentucky was healing it. Was were healing themselves mm. uh, through most of the fight. Yeah, you really need the follow up on it. Like you can't just like you mm. know stack two stuns on top of each other and expect to win. Like you do have to have to put yeah, damage into the into the heroes. Basically, you you always need the other Shimada. <laughs> One Shimada's not enough. So you they always both need double control the dragons. Definitely double Shimada. <laughs> yeah um and and game three like um uh, game three i guess the highlight was you got to see shimada versus shimada it was like mm. again again you versus hanzo action oh yep classic action oh and um and and in game three they proved why johannes don't 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 generally take falling sword and why blessed shields better uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it didn't get much value i'll put it that way yeah I always, I always didn't like that particular ulti. As much as like you can whiff a blessed shield, and it seems like, you know, it doesn't seem really flashy. It doesn't, you know, win team fights. Actually, it does, but like nobody really notices, um, you know, that it's happening. I think it's still the stronger ulti. Yeah, no, like this blessed shield's just better. Like, yeah. I mean, as because it's not, it's one of those abilities where. Like you do the blessed shield, and then somebody gets a kill, and immediately in chat they're like, "Did you guys see how much damage I just did?" And like, and you're like, uh, "Yep, I did see how much damage you did." Mm -hmm. Gonna say thanks. Yep. Did you notice how they weren't <laughs> moving anywhere? Did you? Yeah. Did you notice how they weren't moving? Like uh, it was all me, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. So, guys, I think we might move into a news segment. Yes. The thing is, there wasn't too much uh, hero stuff going on, although there was quite a bit from what you watched. I thought we might take a bit of a sneak peek as to what type of things we want to see from heroes in the future. Yes, that sounds fun. That sounds like fun. All right. Uh, so I think I'll start off with you, Christian. Christian, um, we want to talk about some heroes that we might want to see go into Heroes of the Storm. So what type of things do you want to see that added to heroes? Well, since I have been playing a lot of Soldier 76 from Overwatch, um, I would kind of like to see him converted into a Heroes of the Storm character. But in saying that, I, I am aware that he might be a little bit too similar to Raina. Mm. Um, so there might not be, you know, unless they can find some way to differentiate him from Raina, um, he might not actually fit in very well. Um, I think So there is something be... I can see there. Hmm? Yep. Yeah, go for it, man. Uh, so something I can see with Soldier 76 um, is the way they did Tracer was uh, instead of 
having to right click and he like pauses does it does his attack animation tracer does a damage mark and if she's in range then she's like shooting the target so like an so you could have like thing. a yeah so so you could have a rainer that does that as opposed yeah, to having I, I to sidestep so. all the time yeah no, that makes sense and then you know you could have the sprint mechanic as well so just a, a flat um speed boost for a couple of seconds that removes stuns or uh, movement impairing effects that could work. <laughs> Remove stuns. That 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 would be cancer. Like like it, like making unstoppable for for a couple of seconds. Jesus Christ, that's powerful. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose so. Yeah, I think it'd be a mobility thing. So my envision is it similar to a previous um, trait? So I think it would be his trait. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, trait. that makes I sense. I, I like that. Mm. Yeah. Anything else, man? Um, I think Reinhardt would be really interesting. So having a tank that has a moving shield ball that you can toggle, I think would be awesome. So basically be able to, you know, directionally have a shield and block all incoming mm -hmm. firepower for, you know, um, up to a certain amount. So you might, uh, you know, set it at 500 damage or something like that. Um, and you can toggle it on and off. And it takes, like in Overwatch, a few seconds for it to, um, to recharge. I think that would be um, really interesting. Yeah, this is one that I that I uh, thought about as well because it's one of the more interesting um, like styles from Overwatch that isn't really in Heroes at the moment. I think it would be a good addition, um, and it would be interesting to see how they would do the shield because I think it could be really powerful and really fun. Mm. I'm I actually keen um, on the Reinhardt charge. Like, I, like I think the. It'd sort of be like a Diablo charge, but it just keeps going. And like instead of being point being point point and click, the Reinhardt charge would be like a directional skill shot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you could also you could also have a directional skill shot with his fire strike as well. Um, mm, so it, you know, hit it. It does a flat amount of damage, but goes through all enemies. Mm -hmm. um, I think that'd be interesting. Yeah, that would. And be good. Um, also, his Earth Shatter, I think, would be very very interesting as well. It's a nice <laughs> big. Cone effect, what? have a knockdown effect, and you know. So, what do you think his other ulti would be? Like, because the Overwatch, you have to give the Overwatch character a second ulti. I'm not sure. I guess it would be again something to do with his um, his hammer. Maybe he throws his hammer or or something like that. And, you know, deals damage mm. or well, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he, like throws it in like an arc or random or something. Deals like a boomerang hammer. That would be cool. That'd be really <laughs> sweet, actually. Yeah, like yeah, like he throws it and then it goes in like this like circle around him and then like stuns everybody or something. I reckon that'd be sweet. Like a um like a spin to win mechanic. Mm. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be cool. All right. So I think the um the last idea I had was uh sort of like a goblin sapper character. Sort of like from um From Warcraft two? The old yeah, like Warcraft two. Um, I'm just not <laughs> sure how they'd actually incorporate that. Um, you know, obviously it'd be a specialist and it would focus on, um, taking out turrets and, um, walls and whatnot, but I'm just not so sure. I, else. I, I read the, um, cause I, cause I read the show notes before, um, we started obviously, and I, I had to think about goblin sappers and I actually quite like it. Cause I thought, cause the, the question is how do you differentiate it from TLV? Um, and I thought of an interesting idea where you could. The Goblin Sappers, unlike TLV, move as a unit. And there's like 10 of them, say. And 
their ulti is um, Kamikaze, where you literally lose a Goblin Tapper, and uh, and he'll like run and like like destroy a building or whatever. Um, but now you've only got nine Goblin Tappers, and 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 you can literally take yourself out of the game, and so you're just left with like one Goblin Tapper, and he's like fucking useless. But like the last one can't be suicide. Yeah, that'd that, be interesting. It, 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 it seems it sort of act a little bit like. Yeah, it acts a little bit like a, a murky then as well. Like maybe it don't mm. have shorter um, death timers. Yeah, um, I, I'm not sure. Like, because uh, because the one thing you don't have in any mob ever is permadeath. Um, so, and what heroes likes to do is they have really gone a long way in like shaking up what a hero is in a moba and what they can do. So I think. If you have golden sappers with some sort of permadeath mechanic, that um, that'd be an interesting one one to work around on. Like mm. maybe you're maybe you're willing to sacrifice the strength of your sappers for a, for a fort to get back in the game. So just a really high risk, high reward type hero. Yeah, yeah, and like you have to babysit the sappers because you've only got eight left now. Um, but you know you've you've gotten a fort, so maybe that puts you back on the even experience, or maybe put you ahead. Yeah, I could see that being interesting. And it obviously only unlocks late in the game, like level 10 or maybe even level 16, as late as that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's just working out what the sappers do for the rest of the game, that's all. Yeah, that's the part that I'm worried about, <laughs> is that sure, it's cool to have this like sacrifice mechanic, but like if you're essentially useless afterwards, um, that's just a really big feel-bad man moment. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I haven't sort of thought that that far ahead but it's to me it's sort of like um the worst you you can become is murky mm. okay. like just murky with a proper death timer yeah sure okay that could be cool all right so um joey do you have some uh opinions i have all the opinions so <laughs> so when i was thinking about like what hero would i want to see in in pots um the biggest one to my mind was uh, the fucking Overmind mm. <laughs> from StarCraft. <laughs> the original Big Bad. Um, and I thought, like, okay, so what's this guy going to do? And I thought, like, maybe like an Abathar, except instead of controlling a hero, uh, you control um, an evolving sort of Zerg thing. So, it, it, so the Zerg will start out as a Lava in... Um, in the like level one and level three you choose an evolution and you you can become a drone with this a drone with that or a drone with or a drone with the other thing level six you evolve again and you become a zergling with this a zergling with that a zergling with with the other one and then level 10 you become a hydralisk but you also get your 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 overmind ability so your overmind ability will be something like um just something, uh, a really big augment for all of your future evolutions. And so you, you evolve a couple more times for level 13, level 16, and by level 20, you're an Ultralisk. Um, and you have, you have symbiosis with all of your previous evolutions, plus you have a second Overmind ability. Mm. So, yeah, so it would just be like a, you know, a, a summoner type thing where you grow during the game, but you still have some like extra abilities on top of it. Is that really what you're envisioning? Well, it's sort of like, 
because the hucker evolves right like like the hucker starts like he starts the game as the hucker but, but then he gets these sort of attachments and evolutions and whatever mm. but it's still the hucker in the end but with overmind i'm thinking like no your whole body changes into more and more powerful zerg like your zerg the whole way through but you you're just becoming a more powerful zerg i guess yeah okay like as but, the game goes but on. overall like, like your entire body's changing yeah and your entire body's changing mm. yeah i think that could be sweet i uh the only problem like the the only thing that i see is that it would have to look different to the other hydralists and ultralists that are in the game oh yeah absolutely i mean it, it'd be um it wouldn't look like kerrigan's minions or Zagara's yeah. minions it'd yeah, be sure. obviously overmind yeah yeah cool cool um, the the other thing is, I was thinking of a new map. Actually, I was like, well, okay, well, what map could I put in? Um, and I thought um, the Lost Viking spaceship. So it, so to have like this this big retro feel, and it'll all be like like digitized and and, and all the bits and stuff. Mm. And your lane minions could be the because um, in in Vikings you had these uh, green slimy things which. Um, which you had to get past as as your know, three Vikings, and I thought like you could have three lanes of the spaceship, um, and you could have the big slimy things coming down. Oh yeah, as and, the minions, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And I guess mostly I was just thinking about the aesthetic of sort of '90s style graphics um, superimposed on the 3D models that we have. Hmm. Hmm. And it, it'd sort of be interesting to see the um, the old look and feel of sort of the the Super Nintendo in um, a modern context. Yeah, I think that would be pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm not too sure because I didn't really think about bosses, or I didn't really think about bosses or camps. So I'm not sure really how to differentiate it from other maps, but maybe. Something like the spaceship goes to different locations as um, the game evolves, and depending on what location will de like the spaceship lands in will depend on the global effect that's currently uh, in place. So um, maybe it, the spaceship lands on a planet with extra high gravity, and so everybody, uh, let's say, has less armor or mm. something like that. Yeah, okay. But 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 it's a global debuff or global buff for everybody. Uh, okay, so and you wanted it, to like just... move around and change every what's happening. Yeah, so the so the location of the spaceship's in will be obvious from the context of like there'll be a control panel in the middle of the map that everybody can look at or something. And we can see where we are. But um yeah, basically everybody gets a buff or everybody gets a debuff based on the spaceship actually moving. Okay. I thought that seems that seems a bit um, not in line with what the current sort of maps are about. I think if you like win mm. an objective, like that should be what happens. Like your opponent gets a debuff or something like that. Yeah, sure, I can see that. So, mm. so, so there'll be like an objective that you fight over, and when the spaceship's about to land, like like that's when the objective pops up. You fight over the objective, and then if you win the objective, like you get a hazmat suit or something. And so your team will get an advantage for the next, um, say, seven minutes, and the the enemy team will get a disadvantage because mm -hmm. they didn't get the hazmat suits. Yep. Yeah, I think I think that's a good I think it's a good thing. 
um like it seems better than just like giving everybody a debuff for like you know because the map wants it yeah yeah no no no, that's very true um so 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 on to more uh i I guess tame ideas that i had Mm -hmm. was uh terran marauder that'd be awesome it would be awesome so, so Terra Marauder, in my mind, is like he's rounding out the Rain as a Marine, Blaze as a Firebat, and we don't have Marauder. Like, yeah, like sure. Tychus is Tychus, so whatever. Um, and Morales is a Medic, but like we just don't have the Marauder. So what's the Marauder going to do was like, was like my next thing. And I was thinking like what we don't have really is a guy who specializes in just destroying armor. Like just he, he just counters armor. That's mm. what he does. <laughs> yeah, so, that would be interesting. So he, That'd be excellent. He doesn't and do yes. Yeah, go. Just being extra tanky as well, so a tanky armor shredder would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So it was because the Marauder is like a big tanky class, so it makes sense for him to be a bit tankier. Um but we don't really have anything to counter armor. Like we have a whole lot of classes who get armor. We don't have anything that sort of is the paper, is the scissors to the rock. <laughs> you get it sort of, you get it sort of spread around. You do get it spread around. Like there are a lot of talents that do yeah. it, um, and you know there are obviously things that help with reducing armor. Like they're mainly talents, but it would be interesting for someone's ability to be that. But yeah, not sure if the power level mm. is too high. But it could be, it could be, um, you know. It could be toned down. It could be like it could be balanced. I definitely think it's something yeah, that they should can, look into. Uh, for my other, for my other one, I thought, okay, so what else from StarCraft do I want to put in? And I thought uh, the hybrid. So we only really have uh, one multi-class champion in Hots at the moment. Yeah, they're not going but on with that. The hybrid. Way. Are they not? Nah. Ah. Oh. So we're only, we're only ever going to have one multi-class. I think they're going to change Vary into a tank or something. Um, I think it was from nah. the most recent AMA. But anyway, keep going. That's fine. Well, I, I was thinking, like, if they want to do multi-class, like, who else could be a multi-class? And I thought, well, the hybrid is the other guy in StarCraft 2. Like, if I think about StarCraft 2, and, like, like, when I had to fight the hybrid, I was like, oh, fuck. It's either this big fucking motherfucker with with ten thousand hit points, <laughs> or is it, 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 it's this guy, <laughs> or, 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 or it's yeah, this guy who does a million words, damage Joey. from range. <laughs> Thank you. Um. So so I thought like the hybrid is def and like his name is the hybrid. Like if you don't make the hybrid also a multi class, like what are you doing? Mm, very true. <laughs> Very true. So yeah, I, I thought I thought that might be an interesting um I thought that might be an interesting um hero to see, where because like he's the he's sort of the big bad of StarCraft um the, the the hybrids and like they've got the big bads of all like most of the big bads in WarCraft, mm. but they don't really have the big bad in StarCraft. Well, the big bad in StarCraft is like this being that can destroy all all life, technically. Sorry. Yeah, but yeah. but how do you really put Amon into Heroes of the Storm? Yeah, you don't. It's not like putting <laughs> you Yogg-Saron in. You, you just sort of don't. Yeah. yeah. And um, on that on that one, my last idea for what to put into Heroes was um, Samir, Samir Duran. Sort of in the same yes. vein of putting a that bad guy. That would be guy. sweet. That would be very sweet. 
Um, and if you haven't played StarCraft, uh, Samir Duran is sort of the uh, Machiavellian villain in StarCraft, where um, he was on the Terran side, but actually he's not really a human. And you sort of find this out in the story. Um, and then like he's advising Kerrigan at some points, and then he's advising... I think he has a, a little chat with Zeratul, and he's like always he's always in the background. Um, and he's basically this, this uh, cool shapeshifter guy. So I sort of envisage him sort of like Udia, where he doesn't have any abilities, but what he is is he's a he's a four stance assassin. Mm, yeah, that would be cool. So, um, but the, the the problem really is the talent system here because um, you'll be because you'll be given all your stances at the start, but I guess the talents you'd be able to buff particular stances. Yeah, I think that's what you have to do. So like. I, I really do miss that gameplay and something that I really want in Heroes of the Storm actually is someone that has like the stance uh, you know as base abilities but I think that they could mm. be fairly weak at the start you know in line with everybody else's abilities but you could buff them over time mm. so I'm yeah. sort of imagining like a Udyr-esque character yeah. is that what you're going for? yes yes yeah this is more or less what I'm thinking and like the stances would be um, Terran, Protoss, Zerg and um Zalnaga. Okay, yeah, that could work. Mm. Yeah, I definitely like it. I definitely like that a lot. So, Gene, uh, what do you have for us, man? All right, so a lot of mine come from a uh, Warcraft background, and yep. the big one that I really want to see is a fucking Dreadlord. That's what I want. I want Melganis, <laughs> or I want, want Tychondrius. That's that's what I want. We have sleep in the game now, and that's just paving the way for the god for the dreadlord. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for I'm ready for more sleep mechanics. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I think that could be really sweet. Yeah, so I think it could be really good. They have the sleep mechanic in now. You know, they have the dreadlord Janus skin. You know, I think I think it would be fun. And basically, you know, going. Uh, I actually did the Blizzard experience sort of in reverse. I played World of Warcraft before mm. I played Warcraft three um yeah so you know i did it in reverse but going back and like going through the human campaign and you just like um seeing arthur's just being tormented by melganis and the whole melganis and just the overall dreadlord uh thing just seems really cool um and it's something that uh from warcraft 3 that i really want to see in um in heroes of the storm but i think it's pretty pretty primed and well placed um to have yeah no i agree um to have a dreadlord uh, so, but the question is, Gene. The question is, Malganus, Tychondrius, or Balnazar? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's got to be Malganus, right? <laughs> just for the just for the Arthur smack yeah. talk. Definitely. Yeah, I, think so. I mean, you can have the Tychondrius um, and Sylvanas smack talk, but I pref I think that I like I prefer the Arthur's Malganus, if I'm honest. Mm -hmm. What do you reckon, Joey? What's yours? Um. So I kind of like Balnazar because um, of the uh, World of Warcraft. Ba ba uh, so, so, yeah, Balnazar. <laughs> Balnazar! It's not Balnazar. Balnazar! That's your bogan um, pronunciation. <laughs> Balnazar! It's just like the goddamn Macadamias all over again. Yeah, the Macadamias, man. I'm all about the Macadamias. So... I really like Balnazar mm -hmm. because um, I like the because Balna Balnazar was sort of evolved in World of Warcraft a bit to be like taking over the Horde from or taking over the Forsaken from Sylvanas. Yeah, yeah, sure. Mm. I, I I think that'd be kind of interesting. Like he's 
in some ways he's a more developed character in Warcraft because he got more screen time. Yeah, he did. Um, Very than true. Malganus was like, like, like Malganus is just sort of a I'm an evil guy, but mm. Malnazar was. He actually got somewhere, whereas Malganus' games <laughs> didn't really get anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you mean? Arthas is the Lich King, right? Job done. Yeah, job done. Job done. Job's done. Um, speaking of which, um, something that as well that I do want to see is a Death Knight hero, uh, specifically a mounted Death yeah, Knight. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, like, um, so the mounted Death Knight was originally a Warcraft 2 uh a warcraft 2 unit and became a warcraft 3 hero as arthas mm. yeah yeah so uh, i wanted un- to see undead something. Arthas, that is. so um ones that i want to put forward is maybe darian mergreen uh is one that i really I wanted really to like see. That. um yeah, yeah just, I like that. just to have um some of the old death Knight abilities from warcraft 3 mm. i, I kind of like to see um baron rivendare so a oh, less yeah. prominent but you know, still part of the um, part of the law. Very true. I also was like, uh, I was also going for the dwarf one from Naxxramas, the one that's like, you know, uh, shut your pie hole before I shut it for you. You know that guy. Uh, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Yeah, that's a Zeliac. <laughs> oh, I think. that guy. Um, yeah, I thought that would be cool. Um, just to have someone less. Could annoying. do um, could do lady, lady Blumo. Mm. She like fucking calls down meteors on on your face. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> um, along that line, there are a couple of other ones that I wanted to see. In particular, I did want to see a Retribution Paladin. Um, so, oh, yeah. Yeah, so maybe like a, instead of it just being um, Uther, which is the Holy Paladin, I thought that we could have a Retribution Paladin. Um, and that could finally be maybe our first um, Draenei hero in the game. So it could be um, Arad or Ural, but... Marad. Um, Give me Marad. I want to see a Draenei. I want to play a Draenei. Mm, it would Sorry. be cool, but if they're going to do it, it would, it's probably going to be Turalyon. Um, in all, like, honestly. Turalyon. <laughs> uh, no, it should be Marad. Come on. give us a, Blizz, get some diversity. Jesus. We need more blue people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, as, as much as Marad was, like, a really big part of the Warlord storyline, Turalyon is just, like, the cusp of the Legion storyline. So, um... Yeah, that is true. But Murad has the best book. That's what you're missing. <laughs> Very true. Murad knows how to read a fucking book. Like, he knows, like he, he knows how to he, read that damn book. Yeah, he because he, he's the guy on the on the Burning Crusade trailer, and he's just reading a fucking book. Bam! There's a spell, and he closes it. And he's like, "All right, I'm ready to go." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Murad's a fucking boss. So speaking of that, another drainer that they could do is Velen. Um, and uh, if yeah, we're going, if they we're going along the priest, priest, yeah, and if they're going down the priest note, um, Anduin is also another um, option. I like Anduin actually. I think Anduin's a good because uh, they don't have really Warcraft priest in that. Mm. Yeah, they really um, don't. So I did want to see like a Warcraft priest where they could do they could do either. Um, in my opinion, yeah, they also don't have they also don't have Blood Elf uh, Spellbreaker. That might be interesting. Mm. They have a blood knight. Spellbreaker was a unit. Yeah, they have a blood knight in the uh, form of Johanna skin. Sorry. But I mean that that doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to do it because mm. there's a different one. Um, I think Nova had 
an Amazon skin. Uh, yeah, um, very so true. I, th I, I just thought, oh, okay, they're just not going to do Diablo 2 Assassin. Uh, they're just not going to do Amazon because mm. Nova's got the skin. So, um, But then they did Cassia, and I was like, well, I was just wrong yep, in that You're game. just wrong. Um, yeah, so the last one, and it's my only StarCraft 2 one, my only non-Warcraft, um, yep. is I think that another stealth hero would be cool, and I think Tosh. Mm -hmm. The Spectre would be a cool addition. Hey, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, just with the voice. Um, just figuring so guess... out how he'd um he'd be different to Nova in that sense. Though. Oh, he'd be um he'd be shut down. So like um Sombra can hack people. Like that uh, would be a hacker. Okay. Yeah, that'd work. Mm. Yeah, I definitely I definitely like that idea. I definitely like the guy that would just be run around being a butt pirate. Um, essentially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, Blizz, do not bring May into fucking hot. We don't need her. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think we're all in agreement on that one. <laughs> yep. I think that's the only thing that we can all agree on in this podcast. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're running a bit really long on time here. Um, so Joey, did yeah, you no just want to have a quick talk about crypto before you know before we uh, before we finish up? Yeah, well, I've only really got, um, if I pare it down, I've, I've really only got one thing that's like sort of the, the keynote for crypto this week, and that is the world's smallest computer. So if you guys click that linky dink I put in the notes um, under the world's smallest computer, you'll see a picture of it. And it is the size of like, I'd say a fifth of your index finger. Like, 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 mm. like you just take the top little bit of your index finger and it's like, it is. This is a tiny fucking computer, and you look down, and you can. That's actually the computer mounted on its motherboard as well. That's not just the CPU. Oh my god, that's crazy. <laughs> and if you scroll down a bit, you can see the size of the computer as compared to grains of salt. <laughs> you can see it's pretty comparable. Yeah, Jesus. Um. Yeah, so this is a really cool thing that IBM's coming out with. And IBM, they are the biggest partner for a processing company called Stellar Lumens, who run a blockchain, blah, 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 distributed currency, blah, um, quick payments, whatever. But IBM had this business problem where they are 40% of MasterCard. Mm. And Stellar Lumens is a way to distribute the computing power of MasterCard into sort of everybody. So now everybody's MasterCard, not just these IBM mainframes. Uh, which works out better for everybody because it's more visible of what people are doing and it's better for regulators, better for public. Um, so this is in conjunction with these tiny computers. And like you can sort of see the, the, the blocks of technology coming together where blocks, mm -hmm. obsessed with blocks. <laughs> where you've got a distributed payment processing partner like Stellar Lumens. You've got these tiny computers that are manufactured to um, run basically as tiny blockchain processes because these these computers only cost ten cents to manufacture each, Whoa. and they run at about the power of a four eight six or a Pentium one. Mm -hmm. So um, they can run they can run Windows three point one actually <laughs> if they run, if they support the entire um, x eighty six um, architecture. This little computer can run King's Quest one. Oh, it's <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> and the idea is that you'll put these tiny computers inside just everyday devices. So, and 
it sort of works with Internet of Things or um, sort of your home home helper devices like Alexa, where um, things will get cold in your fridge and the computer will have a, a sensor and it'll be connected to everything else and it can make payments for you and stuff like this. And you can earn money by uh, giving your computers over to the blockchain and running uh, transactions for it. So you, so the world basically becomes MasterCard and not just these big IBM mainframes. It's, it's sort of the overall um, direction conceptually that this is going. Mm. Kind of cool that you can, like, just, just as a sign, it's really cool that you can fit a fucking computer into that small space. It's... I know. <laughs> it is, yeah, it is I'll, kind I'll, of insane. I'll, I'll put the link in the description of the, um, of the podcast, obviously, if you check on jhredo.com, uh, premier flagship uh, Blizzard fan site. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that might just have to wrap it up for us, guys. Yeah, great. Yep. Sounds good. All right. So thank you all both for joining me. Um, so My pleasure. Um, pleasure as always. Yeah, pleasure as always. So anyone that um, is wondering, we have an email address. It's the best way to contact us. It is chilledpodcast.gmail.com. We're also on Twitter. We're chilledpodcast at chilledcast. Um, Joey, I imagine that everyone can find you over at jhra.com. Yes, you can find me at jhra.com, where I have just implemented and finished implementing uh, not only the database, but also uh, secure identity. So you can now log into jhra.com and give me a username and password. Ooh, and mm. it's all encrypted and and uh, done over secure transport protocols, because I've just learned about <laughs> um, how to encrypt and secure a website this week. So. That's kind of cool. Um, so you can log in and get your user account. You can't do anything with it, but it'll say your name in the top right corner. Yep, very cool, very cool. I imagine other things that will be coming with it. Absolutely. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> Eventually. All right. Uh, and anyone, you can find me over on Twitter at OvalTeenGene if you want to send me a tweet or watch what I'm doing. All right. So uh, thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you Thanks very you, much, Eugene. Stay easy, stay breezy. You guys. Late as all. Have a good night. All right. Take care, everybody.